You're listening to a Maryland Tech Council podcast. This is the Capital M Podcast. Here's your host, Marty Rosendale. Hello, I'm Marty Rosendale, CEO of the Maryland Technology Council. And this is the Capital M Podcast. The Capital M Podcast was created to further the regional conversation around capital markets, define issues, and identify solutions and build consensus to drive change. Our focus for the past two years has been on the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, the regional response, and the impact on businesses, entrepreneurs, and leaders. With the current series, Capital M will continue to look at recovery from the pandemic and pandemic recession, and we'll get back to the broader discussion of leadership and capital markets. The Maryland Technology Council is the industry trade association representing the technology and life science industries throughout Maryland. Together with our members, we are improving the business climate in Maryland and helping companies that save, secure, and improve lives around the globe. If you're interested in the Maryland Tech Council or the work that we do, you can find more information on our website at mdtechcouncil.com. Thank you. My guest today is Mike Gaffney, Chief Executive Officer at Cellfire Therapeutics. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Glad to be here, Marty. Great. So, Mike, you're an entrepreneur, you're an investor, you're a corporate leader. Could you take just a couple of minutes, tell us about yourself, tell about your your journey, how you got here today, and why you're passionate about what you do? So I joined Cellfire as the CEO about 18 months ago, and the mission of Cellfire to save lives with cellular therapeutics attracted me. Um, like many folks in biotech, that's a, a that's an important mission. And uh, our focus is working with platelets to develop things that stop bleeding um, in um, significant situations, traumatic events, um, civil defense events, military uh, circumstances. You know, think of yourself, you know, car accident in a um, remote area. Um, one things that will help stop your bleeding, we believe, is our product mm-hmm. and will have a significant impact, uh, we believe, on the lives of patients that receive our product. The journey to get here uh, is an interesting one. It has a number of different elements to it. I was in the Navy. I was a submarine officer. I went to the Naval Academy not far from here. Uh, had a wonderful experience um, until the Cold War ended, and then it got a little boring. Uh, so I left and uh started working with growth stage companies, which I've done for the last 25 years as a consultant at McKinsey, as a uh, venture capitalist and growth uh, uh, capital investor, as well as the executive chairman, because our model and those funds that I was helping lead was very hands-on. It was very much a, you know, let's work with entrepreneurs and uh, founders to achieve a vision. And leadership is one important element of that. It's not the only one, of course, but it is an important element of that. And that's what I was looking to bring to bear. Uh, Cellfire falls right into that pattern. Uh, very interesting business, um, a great team, a real opportunity to help a lot of people. And I believed, and I think we've seen some progress to demonstrate that, mm-hmm. that my um, uh, experience and uh, skill set would align well to where the company is, which is getting from phase two all the way through to approval. That requires people, it requires focus, it requires capital, and those are the things I'm looking to bring to bear. Yeah, that's great. So um, I, I know what Cellfire is doing is is amazing. Um, I've, I've had some experience in biologics myself, and I know platelets in particular can be very challenging. They're important both in in controlling bleeding and also and also in the healing process. I'm not going to get into the science today. I know that's that's not what we're here about, but I just want to make the point that the work that you're doing, the work that your company is doing, is is fantastic and and greatly appreciated and, and sorely needed. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the team will be delighted to know that someone of your experience, Marty, understands what we're trying to do is uh, so positive on what we're trying to achieve. All right. Great. So what I, what I do want to get to, um, your background is unique in that you've been on both sides of the capital markets table, right? And, and right. so tell us, you know, how does that color your perspective on, on the capital markets? Um, what do the capital markets look like to you and, and how should companies be, be approaching them? First and foremost, my experience has been um, anything in business is about people working with people. Right. So you have to remember that there's a capital market, but there is an investor, an individual or a set of individuals uh, that are part of that. Uh, they have a set of constraints and objectives that they're trying to work through. Um, and that's true for as a business leader, when you're dealing with customers, as a uh, ca uh, venture capital person, as you're dealing with your LPs and the like, um, as well as the uh, companies that you're investing in. So you want to remember that there is a human that is um, most important important to you, a partner that you're trying to develop, and, and partnership becomes an important part of that. Um, so, so those are where things are consistent um, between them. The capital markets, uh, though, have a, uh, a lot more variability over the course of time. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, if you read any business um, magazine or newspaper, the Wall Street Journal, which I read religiously, you know, they'll talk about the business cycle and the capital cycle. And I've been doing this long enough to have been through at least three downturns. Um, mm -hmm. They are um, significant and they are outside the control of the investor. So the uh, a company um, and or uh, investor needs to keep that stuff in mind that, you know, there are times when capital is dear uh, and it's not because uh, anything other than that's just a true statement. It's gotten really, really much more expensive. And as a result, uh, the quality of the story, quality of the team can have some impact on that, but it's also happening within a market uh, that you're trying to sell into and getting the attention of those people at the end of the day mm -hmm. with a very clear and crisp sto story becomes critically important. So you talked about the importance of, you know, that that's a person on the other side of the table. Um, what's more important, the relationship with that person or the access to the capital? Um, well, when you say access to the capital, tell me a little bit more about your question. Well, sometimes, sometimes, you know, if the if the investor likes the business, you may not have a, you may not have developed a rapport with that investor, but they still may want to invest in your company. So, so should you take that money if you feel like that relationship is not strong? Ah, I see. Yeah, I think that that's um, um, uh, something to be very mindful of. Right? There are. Uh, different levels of relationships in one's life. Mm -hmm. I've been married to my wife for <laughs> 32 years now, uh, and uh, God bless her for putting up with me. We have three <laughs> wonderful daughters. Uh, that's the one of the most important relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, with an investor, it's a five-year, 10-year, could-be-longer relationship. It's uh, almost as significant. Mm -hmm. And it, there are going to be challenges uh, along the road. There'll be disappointments <clears throat> and there'll be successes. That's what re is required uh, in building a business. We just all know that's true. You need to be mindful of that and know that your partner um, on both sides, You know, if you're an investor looking at this, the, the senior executives, the management team, and the key leader and the CEO typically, but also um, uh, that same team looking at the uh, investor uh, and their lead uh, individuals to understand how do they think, how will they behave um, in a uh, downturn? You know, mm -hmm. Will they be supportive? Uh, will they be logical? W will it be stuff that makes sense or will they be emotional? All those things kind of makes, are, are important 
considerations at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. That's why that's why I wanted to ask the question because that relationship can be it can be a huge benefit and, and it can be a detriment. And, and exactly so right. it's uh, it's it's really important. So so Mike. Capital M is all about the challenges of accessing the capital markets. Mm -hmm. What ad, what advice would you give to somebody, you know, an, an entrepreneur who's got the energy, got, they've got the passion, they've got the technology, they're building their business, and they've reached the point now where they've exhausted friends and family money, and they need to look to the capital markets. How do they prepare? What 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 advice do you would you give them? Well, you, you hit on a number of the key things that are necessary uh, to prepare passion, um, mm -hmm. uh, developed technology, uh, uh, proof points in a set of people that believe in the individual and hopefully believe in the company and its promise. Uh, the uh, step to raising institutional capital is a big step. It's um, uh, it's certainly, you know, the, the major leagues, in my view, it may not be the World Series playoffs, but it's pretty close. And uh, the preparation uh, that's required is significant. It's not just a, hey, I can make a couple of calls or here's my teaser. Um, the the uh, infrastructure that's required to be put in place around here's the nature of our company. Here's our story. Here's um, what our plans are, um, are, are, are critically important. I think there's a couple of things. Um, that uh, touchstones that um, when I was a VC, you know, I, I found helpful to share with entrepreneurs. Uh, first focus, uh, you have to deliver both a message at the human level about your vision. Mm -hmm. Here's what we're trying to achieve and here's why and why you're passionate about it. At, this, at the same time, being very practical. Here's what we're going to execute with your money. Mm -hmm. um, and here's how long we think that's going to take. Here's why it's going to take that long and what those milestones along the way are. Uh, largely uh, to make sure that there's that sort of discipline to achieve the specific outcomes, and there's the real thought that that, that goes in uh, that goes into that, and uh, the diligence, the um, investor deck, all those components need to communicate not only that vision and the opportunity, but also here's how we're going to get there, and um, how the capital in partnership with the executive team and the uh, company will achieve those goals or make significant progress to to them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mike, one of the things that I hear from uh, our early stage companies, they've all seen other businesses that have gone after institutional capital and the investors require them to move out of the state. They require them to move closer to the to the investor. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk a little bit about why would an investor do that? And is there something the company can do to make it clear to the investor that there's a good reason that they're located here in this region. The um, uh, there, there are two broad reasons, in my experience, why an investor would ask for someone to um, you know relocate. Um, most times, I would say eighty percent, at least in my experience, there is a uh, a specific business case mm -hmm. for the purpose of that move: access to talent, access to resources, key relationships. You know, to be near a customer or a potential customer. Uh, going back to the comment that I made earlier around, you know, at the end of the day, people do business with people. Right. You know, there's a big element to that. Um, in addition to that, there's just what are the resources? You know, if you're mm -hmm. in Silicon Valley, easy to find, you know, tech talent, really expensive, but it's there. Um, if you're in, um, 
um, uh, the small town of Pittsburgh, New York, where I grew, where I spent a little time growing up. There's not the same level of tech talent that you're going to see um, in Silicon Valley, and it's much harder to find if that's important to your business model. If you're in biotech, where we are, being around um, and near scientists, you know, lab space, you know, that sort of infrastructure, but also being in a deep and strong ecosystem that can help advance a company uh, also to uh, create the opportunity for partnerships with uh, larger players or uh, other sources of technology. Those become really important over the course of a company's journey. So in the 80% case, you know, that's an, an investor thinking about the business. Mm -hmm. And to your point, uh, the uh, executive team, the founder, um, and uh, the company needs to be thoughtful about, you know, is that really true? Is that, you know, relevant to what we're trying to do? Uh, in, in the context of that practical set of objectives that I'm trying to achieve, you know, mm -hmm. could that help you do it a year faster? It, and how are you going to address that if you're um, in a market where that's not true? Fortunately, in Maryland, you know, we have a, a fair bit of access to uh, people, uh, talented scientists, research, uh, academics, as well as infrastructure. So we're in a really good place as it relates to that. And, you know, there's probably less of that in this particular particular mm -hmm. area. Every once in a while, you run into an investor, uh, typically, you know, a uh, entrepreneur um, mm -hmm. or founder who, um, a prior founder who's made, made made a bunch of money who just wants to be close, and you know that 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 turns on that partnership. Is that right. partnership going to be constructive? You know, that person or set of people are going to be pretty active in your business. That can work really, really well. It's not necessarily something to. Um, be directly afraid of. Uh, mm -hmm. It's also something to be mindful of. Uh, one company I was executive chairman of, we moved the uh, headquarters from San Diego to Nashville. Uh, they were a healthcare uh, tech focused company. And uh, by doing that, uh, we gave them a differentiated access to talent and to customers. Mm -hmm. And that had a big impact. Um, it wasn't because I wanted them closer to me. I wanted them closer to certain people that I knew who were in that marketplace. Mm -hmm. And it had a big impact on the business. Interesting. So, for the eighty percent, where it's it's a business case and access to talent and, and and the things that you talked about, I think in some in some cases investors don't understand the the resources and the assets that we have in Maryland. Is there a role for this? Is a, a bit of a self serving question. Is there a role for organizations like the Maryland Tech Council and maybe the Economic Development Authorities in the state to help companies explain why it's valuable to be here? Uh, to explain about the availability of talent, the availability of uh, of technology and the, the 72 federal labs that are in the area and proximity to the FD, all those things that we talk about. And I, and, I, and I think we do a good job talking about it amongst ourselves. I'm not sure we do such a good job talking about it with the rest of the world. Is there is there a, a role for companies to work with organizations like ours to take that message across? Absolutely. The... Um benefit of organizations like yours, Marty, is you see and can speak for the ecosystem. You know, I, I can speak for Cellfire. Um, I can speak a little bit for my from my experience set, but but you and your peers in, you know, any market can uh, speak for the ecosystem. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, you know, one example um, in a, you know, adjacent space um, is in Nashville. The Nashville you know, Capital Network has a HCA family tree. Right. So what they have, have identified is here's all the companies that have had, 
you know, some direct connection to HEA. In, in um, uh, this market area, you know, uh, folks or companies that have had technology um, that uh, came out of MedImmune or and people that came out of MedImmune or um, uh, life technologies, we were talking about them mm -hmm. earlier, or potentially the NIH, you know, the, the, that that starts to create the confidence in an investor's mind to, and, and, and as we both know, there's a lot more capital outside uh, this area than there is uh, directly inside this mm -hmm. area. And we need to uh, communicate, you know, that uh, the benefit of the market area and, wh and wh what there is. You know, mm -hmm. there are some cost benefits, you know, to this market as, as compared to Boston and as compared to San Francisco. Um, mm -hmm. The strength of Hopkins, you know, NIH, that scientific research depth of talent is um, uh, real strong. Um, it, is that really understood in a way? And have we um, uh, captured and demonstrated the proof points? Um, I think that's something that, you know, your, your, your group does a good job of. And, you know, the mm -hmm. more you can do, the more it'll help. Great. Thank you for that. So, so you mentioned that there's more capital outside of Maryland than in Maryland. Now, we're talking about a global market, so that's kind of, kind of an obvious statement. But we hear a lot about the challenges of raising capital in Maryland. Do you think it's a problem in Maryland any more than anywhere else in the country? I think it's more difficult. Um, and uh, part of it, or a lot of it, I think, uh, comes back to uh, the people uh, working with people question, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if all the partners are in, um, uh, you know, for any particular fund or in Boston or San Francisco or um, XUS in London and Europe and the like, you know, that's a different sell and mm -hmm. um, it, it, it leads to a higher bar. Um, I, I, I think attracting capital um, to a, a, an area where people are less familiar, um, you know, if you just kind of think about uh, what, what you're trying to do from a sales perspective, you think of just to simplify it, you know, capital raising, having a lot of sales elements to it. You know, I need to talk to a lot of customers to ultimately get my first sale, my second sale, my third sale. Um, if I'm more distant, um, if I'm not a known entity, um, if it's harder for an investor to access um, uh, or just interact with mm -hmm. the, the team or it's differentiated um, uh, in a way that, you know, uh, the ones I'm competing with for that capital, though they may have different ideas, are local and easier for them to access. It changes the degree of difficulty. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, that does matter and mm -hmm. uh, is, is important. All right. Cool. So, so Mike, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask everyone, and that is, if you got your crystal ball out, what do the capital markets look like two years, three years from now? What, what, what do you see coming? So, um, uh, it's a great question. I, I don't have a crystal ball, um, and it's not uh, something that I've, I've, I've had to have when I've been a VC and, and need to have as a CEO, but I've, I've generally found any prediction I make is going to be wrong. <laughs> the question is, how, how, how far off will it be? That's why, I'm crowd, that's why I'm crowdsourcing this question. I understand. I understand. I appreciate the crowdsourcing of the question. Um, you know, we're at a tough uh, point in the capital markets currently, mm -hmm. um, and the Drivers of that, and having been through, as I said earlier, three cycles now, uh, are uh, mostly around exogenous factors: you mm -hmm. know, COVID, COVID dollars, uh, the the impact uh, from an inflationary perspective, also um, uh, significant run-ups in price um, mm -hmm. over the course of uh, the period from twenty. 
uh, 16 to about 2021. You know, the, mm -hmm. if you looked at valuations over that period for companies in almost any market sector, um, they, they are um, the, 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 the increases were extraordinary. Uh, the challenge, uh, you know, of course, is now, you know, there's a little bit of a hangover. Uh, plus, we have um, inflationary or broader um, uh, market concerns, economic concerns, mm -hmm. and that you know leads us to where we are right now with you know significant downturns in in, in the market and the like. From experience, um, two years out, you know I think we probably have a, a reasonable basis for um, uh, an expectation or hope of you know a lot of the market has healed. It's mm -hmm. stable. People know. Um, uh, you know what the you know forward outlook is, um, and the uh, availability capital is well defined. Um, you know the interest rate environment and um, a variety of things around that will have a big impact on how much capital is available, certainly right. for venture stage. And um, that's you know those are a couple of the drivers right now for folks who are in the private and um, IPO markets as investors is there are so many things that are changing. Mm -hmm. They can't do the practical math of I invest here at this price point. And over the course of time, if the team executes the following three things um, and gets those things done, um, you know, then I've got a reasonable return that looks like this. So right. as a result, everyone's kind of pulling back. And, you know, that 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 is um appropriate for mm -hmm. them. Uh, it's challenging for an entrepreneur who, whose uh, business you know, may need capital, but it's something just to keep mindful of. So two years out, um, I think um, uh, my, my guess is, uh, well, I know we'll feel a lot better than we are now. That's that, that mm -hmm. I have a reasonable level of confidence there. And my guess is um, we'll start to feel like, okay, you know, the worst is behind us. Um, given the magnitude of dollars that float into the economy and the like, um, I think the the sort of positivity that we had, you know, um, uh, before 2020 and in tw into 2021 in biotech could be five years away. And I think it's just something mm -hmm. to be mindful of and um, uh, developing your plans as you're thinking about capital and mm -hmm. um, uh, valuations and the like. It's interesting. The, the uncertainty that you're talking about, it seems to me that companies, on, entrepreneurs and CEOs ought to be thinking about, can they use government grants, SB, and SBIR and STTR grants, it looks like they're going to be reauthorized. Um, we've been working with the legislature on, on that reauthorization. Um, should they be looking to rely more heavily on non-dilutive grant funding which has pluses and minuses, right? It can it can take you down a rabbit hole. It can actually divert your your research if you have to focus on what the grantee wants you to focus on. Mm -hmm. But it can provide you with non-dilutive funding, maybe get you further along, get more validation of your platform before you have to go into the institutional markets. And mm -hmm. it might it seems to me it, it it might alleviate some of that uncertainty if there's more validation of what you're doing. Does that, does that make sense to you? Absolutely. And I, I would start with the end of mind. You know, mm -hmm. that what is that validation and uh, what are the risk elements that have been reduced, right? And if you think of a venture stage company, there's a whole bunch of questions. You know, mm -hmm. what's your market? You know, will your product work? Will people buy it at what price? Um, can you actually manufacture it if you're in the biotech world? You mm -hmm. know, can you write the code if you're in the technology world? Um, and the source of capital to advance a program 
um, or a particular venture um, uh, is uh, important to assess in the context of the partnership. What are you trying to achieve? So start with the end in mind, mm -hmm. uh, in my mind, uh, absolutely non-dilutive funding. Uh, Cellfire has uh, great partners in mm -hmm. um uh, BARDA and uh, the Army mm -hmm. um, in uh, advancing our vision. Historically, uh, the Navy, uh, NIH, you know, SBIR grants and the like have been part of the company's journey. And, you know, that's excellent capital, um, both from a um, impact on your equity because it's non-dilutive. It also can be quite supportive and quite stable in a down market, which we're in. Mm -hmm. So um, I would, would um, tell your um, listeners and, you know, the entrepreneurs that, you know, are part of the Maryland Tech Council, that that's a really uh, important and useful tool, but it's only a tool. It's not a panacea. Mm -hmm. And the other uh, thing that entrepreneurs and founders need to think about is <clears throat> you kind of your question of going off target when you're, right. you're there's an objective that you're trying to achieve there's a vision you know back to that um uh, impact that that an organization's trying to have if it takes you off you know you need to look at the you know the cost of that right mm -hmm. and do it in a very practical way but from a punchline perspective accessing that capital can uh, be um, quite important to companies and historically has been important to sell fire um, and will be important to us over the course of time yeah great so so mike we're about out of time is there anything that we've not discussed today that that you'd like to touch on no i think we've got to hit all the the, the key points and i appreciate the uh the the invitation to talk Great, Mike. Thank you. So, Mike, I appreciate your time today. Um, this has been a great conversation. I know it's a, it's a follow-on from the conversation that we had when I met you not not long ago. I appreciate the work that you and your team are doing at Cellfire. It's it's phenomenal. Looking for, looking forward to you guys coming into the market. I want to uh, thank all of our listeners. I've been talking with Mike Gaffney, CEO of Cellfire Therapeutics. This is the Capital M Podcast. And if you're interested in the Maryland Tech Council, again, you can find us at mdtechcouncil.com on the internet. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Capital M Podcast. To learn more about the Maryland Tech Council, visit us at mdtechcouncil.com.